He should be here. Those, those were the first words that came to my mind on Tuesday as I lay in my bed after my second dose of Moderna. And like many of you, I'd been following the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, anxiously awaiting the jury's verdict, hoping that he would be held accountable for the death of George Floyd, but honestly not expecting it because we've seen this movie before, right? We've seen how this story ends again and again and again of police officers whose job it is to serve and protect our country's citizens and instead taking black lives in cold blood and not being held accountable. He should be here, I thought, as tears began to form in my eyes and stream into my ears after reading the guilty verdict. Yes, relief flooding my body, but mostly sorrow and anger and frustration and not tears from joy, even as I saw people erupting into cheers and, and was glad for the verdict, those complicated emotions. And one friend wrote that this verdict deserves to be celebrated, but, and I quote, it feels like calling one small rock a coastal barrier against an ocean of injustice. The waves aren't nearly done battering. And he should be here. Today is sometimes referred to as Good Shepherd Sunday, uh, usually the third or fourth Sunday of Easter season, where this gospel passage that Denise read from John 10 and Psalm 23 are read. And typically, when we think of Jesus as being the Good Shepherd, images that we've seen in Christian art or in Sunday school often come to mind, usually of white Jesus carrying a fuzzy, cute sheep around his shoulder. And it's this very sort of sweet and bucolic scene. But shepherding in the first century was gritty, hard, and often dangerous work. So you might remember the story of David and Goliath in the Old Testament. And Goliath is taunting the armies of Israel, and David is offering himself to King Saul to go out there and fight him. And when King Saul resists because of David's youth and inexperience, David tells him, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like them because he has defied the armies of the living God. That is a biblical shepherd. And in John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, one of the limitations of our Episcopal lectionary is that it cuts off important context. And so I'm going to draw in some verses earlier in chapter 10 that show us what does a good shepherd look like? And how does Jesus show us what it means to truly serve and protect the sheep? 
Well, first of all, he knows their names. In verse two, Jesus says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So we've got all of these new babies at St. Peter's and I love it. Simeon, Alessandro, Grace, Bennett, Amara, Asai. There's two more that are on the way next month. And you know that Jenna and Gregory and Jahida and Matt are laboring over what they are going to name their babies. And scripture, a person's name is their identity. It's their character. It's, it's who they are. It defines who they are in the world. And it, it grounds their very being and essence. In Isaiah 43, it says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. To be called by name means that you are known, you are loved, you are seen, and you matter. On Sunday, we held a vigil here in the courtyard of, of St. Peter's, and it's hard to believe that it was only just like one week ago, because it feels like so much has happened in the past two weeks. And we said their names, Dante. Adam, George, Brianna, Ahmad, Eric, Sandra, Michael, and even since then, Makia. Names that were labored over by their expectant parents who had hopes and dreams for their lives and who they would be in the world. And there's so many forces that seek to name us. And what are some of those names? Unloved, invisible, worthless, forgotten. And when a black life is snuffed out and there is no accountability, that is a malevolent force seeking to name someone when it has no right to name them. And our whole lives are spent either allowing those forces to name us and others, or hearing that voice that has been calling us by name since before the foundations of the world. And in the deepest and truest part of who we are, beyond all of those other voices, we know that voice because that is the voice of our good shepherd who calls us known, loved, seen. And I'll take it a step further. I've shared this in a few places over the past week, but I'll say it again. You know, in the Korean language, there's no direct translation for the word matter when we say Black Lives Matter. We say in Korean, 
목숨은 소중하다. 후기네, black. 목숨은, and somebody pointed out to me on Facebook, which I didn't even know, 목숨 literally means neck plus breath. We translate that life. 소중하다 is precious, treasured. 후기네 목숨은 소중하다. Black lives are precious and treasured. Jesus says in verse 10 that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. This precious and treasured life. You see, the thief doesn't care about life. The thief doesn't care about the sheep. The thief cares only about turning a profit and will do anything to get it. The hired hand doesn't care about life. The hired hand cares only about saving his own skin. And the wolf definitely doesn't care about the life. The wolf wants only to devour the sheep in order to satiate its own hunger. Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, but he might as well have been talking about our own country, stealing and killing and destroying and devouring life. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly, exceedingly, more than all they could ask for or imagine. That is the heart of the good shepherd who will do anything not to take or destroy or profit from or lord it over, but who will do anything, even lay down his own life for the sheep so that the sheep might have life abundant. And that is why he came, Jesus said. And that is what he did. He laid down his life for us. No one takes my life from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. That's how we know what love is. So John says in our epistle reading, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Little children, let us love not in word or speech or just in hashtags or on social media, but in truth and in action. No force in the world has the right to name us, and no one has the right to take our lives from us. And like Jesus, we lay down our own lives of our own accord for the sake of the love of the sheep that Jesus loves. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. We love because he first loved us. And as we follow and are led by our good shepherd, we become shepherds too. Shepherds that call people by name. You are known, you are loved, you are seen, and you are precious. And that starts with seeing how we are known and seen and loved 
and are precious in God's eyes. And that then gives us the vision to see how true that is of others around us. We can't give away what we haven't received for ourselves. And then in that abundant life that we've received from God, we bloom where we're planted and it's life begetting life. And that's what followers of Jesus leave in their wake, abundance and flourishing and life, not scarcity and diminishment and death. Have you ever been around those kind of people who always seem to be diminishing others, who make you feel like you're not enough, good enough, worthy enough, successful enough, spiritual enough? Well, here's a harder question. Have you ever been that person? You know, I'll confess, I have been that person and I don't wanna be that person. If I ever made anybody feel that way, that was more about me than anyone else. The shepherds are people whose loving presence contributes to this atmosphere of blessing and vitality, where people around you feel more alive, more awakened to their true selves and are able to truly thrive into who God has named and called them to be. And as shepherds, we lay down our lives for others. As God forms us more and more into the image of Christ, and as we open ourselves up more and more to the loving work of God's spirit in us, we become more like our good shepherd, Jesus. We are not doormats. No one takes our lives from us, but we lay them down willingly. I want to end by reading Psalm 23, and I want to read this as a blessing, specifically for our Black friends and neighbors and family. We say Black Lives Matter because we know that that is not a given in our country, not by a long shot. And this has been a really hard and really exhausting time for our Black friends for over 400 years in fact, and that takes a toll, which means that black joy and beauty and power are all the more remarkable for the forces of death and darkness that have sought to snuff it out. You know, last week on the St. Peter's View, um, Christopher and, and Martha didn't have any guests, so they were interviewing each other and was processing the week's events. And Christopher was just sharing about how he was feeling in his body. And he used a word that, that really struck me, and the word seize, like S-E-I-Z-E. -E. And he said it's, um, it's like he's bracing himself. You know, every time he gets behind the wheel of a car, especially if he's driving alone, just being really careful about every light, every turn, and just feeling just nervous and tense about what might happen if he gets pulled over you know, and as an Asian-American woman, I mean, even in light of the rising anti-Asian violence in our country, which I don't want to minimize, like if I get pulled over by a cop, I may be annoyed, I may be frustrated, but I know that I will not end up dead or pepper sprayed or tasered or slammed to the ground. You know, Christopher and I, 
um, share the same name. His is a, a masculine form of my name. And both of our names um, come from Christos, which means anointed. It means to be blessed, to be set apart for God's purpose. There is one flock and one shepherd. And this morning, we want to seek the blessing of the Lord for our loved ones. When we bless our loved ones, we are calling down the blessing of heaven. And this morning, I just want us to bless our black brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters, these beloved children of God. And I invite you to join me. I'm going to read this um, in the second and third person as a blessing. And um, pray with me. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. He guides you in right paths for his name's sake. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for he is with you. His rod and his staff comfort you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.